0: Witchy and and weird Weird Podcast Hello Witchy and Weird, I'm back again for another solo episode on the video and... I'm still getting used to it, but here we are. Um, so I have a few announcements before we get into the whole shebang. Um, number one, beaming, uh, sorry. Um, number one is to, if you know that meme, God bless you, by the way, that's like our biggest stim in the household with me and my partner. We're just like number five. Mm. So anyways, um, Let me just get back to where what even I was saying. So, okay, so updates. There's three updates. Number one is the this quarterly Patreon box is in transit for y'all. I am um, putting everything together and waiting for the stickers to arrive and then I'm going to send them out. Um, Along with that, (laughs) because this podcast is more of a labor of love right now in terms of time and commitment versus money. I'm being reimbursed for my time and commitment. I'm just going to be paring things down. So I do want to bring back, you know, the subscription boxes, but just right now it's, it's a lot for me to handle. So the people that ordered for this quarter are going to get their boxes. And I'm just going to simplify everything across the board. You can support me financially for this podcast Um, Right now, currently on Patreon, I'm just going to have simple, like, baseline amount, and in Patreon, you can choose to donate more than the baseline, Um, and you'll just get a shout out on the Patreon, shout out to Emma, our day one patron, and... I will also, on Spotify, you can now, I was like buffering in my mind, sorry. On Spotify, you can also support um, podcast people. So I'm going to enable that function. Um, it will be enabled. So you can, if you listen on Spotify, you can go through or anchor. Um, excuse me, anchor. <laughs> um, that's all in our link in bio and I'll put the link in the show notes. So you can just give money that way if you don't want to do with Patreon. None of these are subscription-based um and then on anchor all of the money goes to me patreon percentage of the money goes to me and i'm also going to set up i believe it's pronounced a Kofi. i don't know if it's Kofi or Kofi. if you're just like i don't have money to give every month which again you can cancel after one month for both of those things um i just want to give a payment right now to buy me a coffee to buy me whatever to support that is Totally up to you. And again, as always, support in the form of Apple reviews, of Spotify reviews, of leaving a review on your Instagram, on your social media, and tagging us, um, telling your friends, hey, listen to this podcast. it's freaking amazing. That is how our podcast gets larger and um, the revolution grows. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, The third announcement is pretty fun. So I've been wanting to do a like once a month segment with another creator and I was looking for, actually, this is number two. I lied. There is still one other one for a creator, um, like an astrology based creator or something that's like reading the energies. Um, I do know some astrology, but I am not an expert by any means so i've been looking for somebody to do like once a month astrology like check-ins um forecasts and it looks like i'm going i found somebody (laughs) so we're going to be doing a new moon it'll be a separate bonus episode each month that will kind of talk about the energy of the new moon and some of the transits and things that are going to be coming on and we'll be talking like psychically we'll probably like pull cards or something just to give advice for the different signs And to just like chat it up because they're actually somebody I um, have known for a long time and I'm really excited. So that's something new that will be coming to the podcast. As I just said, I'm going to try and cut back on the work that I'm doing. I'm adding a new thing in true manifesting generator fashion. (laughs) And then the number three, this is actually for real, the number three. I have been wanting to do something else I've been wanting to do with the podcast is to give y'all the ability to submit questions to me, whether it is um, what kind of content you want me to talk about or you want to see or submitting like a person you would love to have um, interviewed on the podcast or and really and what i really want it to be used for is to submit questions that you would like me to answer um that i can like add as like a section at the end of uh the solo podcast episodes so cuz i don't want to take up like the guest spotlight in time but on the solo episodes like if you want me to psychically tap in about something if you want advice on something if you want to hear my perspective on something um I'll pick like one question per episode to do that. And so on Anchor, again, all this stuff will be linked. Um, They have an option for fans to submit a video question or not a video, an audio question. And so I can um, do that Um, or I can just make like a Google form for that. I think Google form would probably be best. So um, there'll be a Google form linked <laughs> at the end of this episode and it'll be in our link in bio. So please submit your Google form questions. Again, if you want to see a specific topic, if you want to have a specific guest, please put that there. Um, and if you have a specific question that you would like for me to answer or to elaborate on or to provide insight on, that would be amazing. And again, one person will be picked. They're going to be picked on you know based off of like what I'm drawn to answer like if you're like what's your favorite food or if you're like hey can you tell me if i'm ever going to be rich in my lifetime you know we'll see and then there'll be an option if you want it to be anonymous or not um okay so with all that being said now let's get into the actual episode so what i learned during mercury retrograde Woo! <laughs> um i kind of compiled like a list of things that i have been working on that have been coming up for me lately um as y'all know i've mentioned on the podcast before i want to make this more of a personal space where i'm sharing my personal stuff because i believe like transparency about magic about being a practitioner about healing is really important right like i am not fully healed and i'm just giving you advice like i'm working through shit Um, along with you, and I want this to be more of a community thing, so I want to try and share, like, what's coming up for me, like, in the moment, um, lately, because maybe it was coming up for you, too, Um, I feel like most of my solo episodes are like that anyways, but, um, rude, Alexa, nobody was talking to you, Um, but... Um, I feel like doing these kind of like recap things for me feels more vulnerable because it's like way more specific because it's lots of small things I've been going or big things in my life, but lots of small examples of things I've been going on. So I prepared five things. Hopefully it will be an hour's worth of stuff. <laughs> I always get worried that there's never going to be enough stuff to talk about when I'm writing the solo episodes. So let's get into it. So number one is about capitalism, entrepreneurship, experiencing, ideating. So this one's like PSA for all you creators out there. So um, as an entrepreneur and a creator and ideator and artist, whatever term resonates with you, um, I'm constantly getting ideas for things that I want to create things that I think would be cool experiences, like in my business and with capitalism and kind of like the system I was raised under where we're kind of taught like, Oh, if you have a great idea, turn that into money. Right. Um, I have this uh, habit of taking my cool ideas or things that I wanted to create or even like processes that I wanted to learn. Cause um, I don't really talk about this too much, but I have a Gemini stellium and Gemini rolls the hands. Um, I feel like when I share astrology stuff, it's like, so this is why I like this, but it's it's like the reverse. It's like I'm like this and this is what I learned. astrology supports that. <laughs> this is my proof. Um, not that my lived experience is proof enough, right? But anyways, um I like to create stuff with my hands. I went to college and I did like an interdisciplinary degree. I learned like graphic design, computer programming. Um, I learned like fine art, like drawing. I'm actually really good. If I try really hard, I used to get archived a lot. That's something I'm very proud of. Cause I was always self-conscious about my art. So my inner child just needed y'all to know that. Um, and, um, I've I've dabbled in a little bit of sewing and stuff, but I also worked at a wood shop slash metal shop slash digital fabrication lab, um, and I made stuff. So I welded things, I made like woodworking things, um, I laser cut stuff, and it was really fun. Um, And... I when I first started my business, I made crochet. Like it's all making things with my hands, right? Like I've always been. I love cooking. That's making things with my hands. I, I I literally almost applied for cooking school when I graduated from high school. Like I wanted to be a chef. Um. So needless to say, I love doing things with my hands. Um. <laughs> and um. Where was I going with this? So I'm always having ideas about like processes that I want to learn, right? Like I see all these people making like those cool rugs. Um, I see people making, oh geez, let me adjust the light. <laughs> that just uh, adjust. Uh, I have my lights to turn on at like sundown time, but I made them like fancy cool colors and now just change. So for everybody who is not watching what's going on, that's what's going on right now. I'm shifting the lights and. Oh, this is not the right one to shift. And then this one. And this one. Okay, cool. Um, Hopefully that's the right one. TV bottom. Oh. I'm all sixes and sevens. There we go. Now it's the right color. Okay, so I see all those people making like rugs and I see all those people making like electroform jewelry and like pottery, not really so much pottery. I don't know why I said that right now. Um, Just like making lots of cool stuff, right? Like I have an apothecary business where I make products already. I make candles, I make oils, I make smoke cleansing wands, I make mists. Um, but I'm always like wanting to learn and make more stuff. That's just something about me. Like Gemini always wants to learn, wants to work with their hands. I've just always really been artistic in that way and wanting to learn. Like I paint, um, personal art all the time. I make graphic design stuff for Redbubble. That's like not even part of my business, but it's just, I need to make stuff because I love creating stuff. Um, so I had this habit. Wow, that was a really long tangent. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I have This habit of I have all these ideas like constantly, like I'm very connected with, oh, that'd be cool. Oh, we should do that. Oh, oh, oh. And I had this habit of like immediately taking the idea and saying, but how can I incorporate this into my business? How can I make this into something that I can profit off of that? Would people like this in my business? You know, even with like, um, offerings for like services i'd be like oh this would be a cool thing oh let me make it into a thing instead of like is this something i want to do is this something i'm actually really invested in that lights me up or i'm just thinking you know i found out the more i delved into this is this motivated by fear is this motivated by wanting to make money and stability um like fears kind of tied into that right um is this motivated by my capitalist program of being taught we should turn everything into a money-making machine and i kind of got like really i don't know what the term would be um i fell out of love with like the creative process right because everything was becoming work and it felt like i was always playing catch up because i have so many ideas and i wasn't able to create all of them for money, for time, just in general. Um, And because of my programming, like, let me make this into, like, let me explore if this can make me money. I felt like I was tied to, like, seeing these ideas to fruition instead of saying, like, actually, no, I don't want to do that thing. And so that's why it always felt like I was, like, playing catch-up pretty much, right? And so I had a meeting of the minds (laughs) meeting of the intuition with my cosmic team to ask them for advice and they kind of like showed me with this one example that i always talk about um something like the whole thing and why i'm bringing this up right um so i want to have a physical space where i can create like healing experiences in person with people one of the healing experiences that i would love to create for people that i've wanted to for a long time is those fancy ritual baths with like fresh picked flowers and bath salts and all that kind of stuff because you can't really ship those kinds of experiences to other people like fresh flowers it would have to be dried you know it's all different so i was like yeah i I really want to make this experience for people um I think it's so cool and I'm just going to have to wait because I don't have my in-person shop yet. Oh guess I'm just going to have to wait for the rest of my life, right? And my guides were like, "Well, but you have all the tools right now to make a fancy ritual bath. Like, why don't you just do one for yourself?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, I want to create this experience for other people." Like I think it's really cool. And they're like, "But well, why can't you also experience it? What if you don't actually want to create this experience for other people and you want to create your soul just like was connected to this idea because it wants to experience that thing. It wants to have that experience. And I was like, whoa, because I felt like the more that I'm Looking at a lot of the things in my life and like, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I want to create that for my business, and then eventually I'll do that for my business. That it's like maybe my soul just wants to experience these things. Like, this is why I brought up the Gemini thing, this is how it all ties in. Maybe I just want to keep learning how to make all these different creative things and explore the process. Like I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a three-fifths manifesting generator. So it's about three, I don't know if I say it as a fraction, three-fifths. And um I I, like for me, it's about the process I learn through doing um so it's like i maybe I just want to experience what it's like to make a rug um a cool, fancy rug, maybe I want to experience what it's like to electroform jewelry to work with resin um and it's not about will this make me money? It's just I want to explore that right, and that's a very a d h d thing as well, like getting really into learning very niche expensive um, processes Um, and it's part of like my creativeness I love learning new things so that I can incorporate them together and make new creations for things so when my guides kind of showed me that it really blew my mind like it truly did because it showed me number one the capitalist like programming and how ingrained it was in my thought process and in a lot of the guilt that I was creating for myself for not being able to create products like quickly enough or create ideas or services quickly enough as I got as I received them but also for for some of y'all like if you're not an entrepreneur like this is this can be applied like maybe you're always like oh I wish I could make this thing for my friend Oh, oh I only cook really nice meals when I'm with my partner, right? Like maybe these are experiences that we want to have, but we don't think that we're worthy of spending the time and money and energy and effort and love on them, right? Because I feel like for me, part of it was capitalism, part of it was that like, oh yeah, I would love to create these like beautiful healing baths for people. And I have all these resources at my fingertips, I wouldn't have to spend any extra money because I already have bath bath salts, I make bath salts in my business. Um, Like ritual bath soaks. I have, I forage a lot of my like flowers and things like that from my neighborhood. So I can just go out in my neighborhood and get some rose petals. And I have a diffuser. I have like music, you know, like I had all the things. I just, it's like, why am I not creating this for myself? Because, you know, I didn't think that I was worthy. Like I wanted people to experience it because I feel like they're more worthy than me of experiencing it. So that's kind of like the first thing that I've been learning, unlearning, um, going through is like recognizing, is this actually something I want to do? What do I want to do it for? Um, And like, is this, you know, like deeper questioning, like, do I want to make this for somebody else? Do I actually want to just experience this for myself? Like, and really unpacking, like, why don't I think, like, I deserve to spend two hours cooking a meal and only when I'm with my partner, then I deserve to spend this, you know, time and money and energy. So, like, really unpacking, you know, probably a lot of it is going to be tied to, like, scarcity or financial or, um, you know, like, worthiness wounds and things like that, but it's still, like, really enlightening to look at, our actions and our thoughts behind the actions, um, to unpack, like, what it, how they're tied to us and our beliefs. So hopefully that helps, like, somebody. Obviously that's why I'm sharing this whole thing. Um, but yeah, some food for thought, right? <laughs> okay, so number two is to question everything periodically and this is something that i'm a really huge fan of i'm jewish and one of like the jewish ideals or beliefs is to like question everything um that's why when people are like 13 they have their bar or bat mitzvah because that's considered in the jewish law or culture or religion um the age at which children can st- start to like critical think and question things and start to like find answers and question things for themselves. So um, as humans, we're like creatures of habit, right? So if we find a routine that feels familiar, we're going to want to stick to that. And it might not even be the best for us, but it's familiar. So we might stick to that. And I was recently reminded of this during retrograde when I had a falling out with like this culty coach that I worked with and I realized that like I started reviewing and looking back on all of the different coaches that I've worked with or mentors that I've worked with throughout my entrepreneurial career and how definitely a lot more when I started out I was like very naive but how I put a lot of like faith into the people that were guiding me without questioning so much of like what they what their like qualifications are what their authority is um, and in the new age spiritual communities like when I was first learning there was a lot of like we'll just go with your intuition go with your gut if that person excites you if that person triggers you then you should work with them and those are really like disempowering things to teach people like I am a manifesting generator. And so I know that I get really excited in the moment. So it might be a complete full body. Yes. Feel like a full body. Yes. For me in the moment, but it's not the best for me to just like, okay, now I'm going to jump into this like $10,000 program because I'm feeling really excited right now. And I think that there's like a level of manipulation that some coaches like play on that, where it's like, trust your intuition. Like, how are you feeling right now in the moment? Well, yeah, you just took me on a journey in this sales pitch. Like, to feel what it feel into what I want so deeply, so of course I'm feeling like really lit up and really excited. but I should take some time and think about this and realize that this is like actually something I wanna truly invest in um and this kind of like bled into like listening to like mentors word for word, if they're successful, then I'm gonna do you know exactly what they say. Um, and that's even for like my psychic mentors and things like that. Like I took stuff so literally and when it was hard for me to like find that connection or like get on board with the visualization that they shared, it was really like tough because I was like, oh, it's not working for me and I would get frustrated because I'm just trying and trying to do exactly what they said instead of leaving space for my intuition to come through and do what works best for me. And so with this whole thing, it reminded me like it is a good thing to question periodically everything that you were taught and things in your life, right? Like not everything is a one size fits all for people and like what works for somebody might not work for somebody else. What worked for you a month ago might not work for you now um, or five years ago, right? Or maybe it it like kind of works, but you you want to shift into something different, Right? So like, I kind of think of it as like, you know how jobs, they have a, uh, like a yearly review type of thing, like that type of behavior, that type of mindset would be good to embody, to employ, especially if you're an entrepreneur, business owner, um, thinking about your business, but thinking about your life too. Why am I doing this? What is this thing that I'm doing? who told me to do this thing? Why do I put importance in this thing? You know, do I really enjoy these, this daily routine that I've set up for myself, this um, habit that I've formed, right? And questioning yourself periodically. um, And the things that we just kind of, oh, somebody else told me and they were an authority figure. So I just listened to them blindly because I, I was raised in a um school system that taught me to listen to authority figures blindly. I wonder why hmm, that's another story um <laughs> for a different time, but you kind of get what i'm what I'm saying, right? So it's good to question everything. It's Jewish to question everything, but just thinking about that for little things or for big things, I think it's really empowering and really impactful, okay. So number 3 um something that came up for me when I was um repricing my offerings about like the questioning everything that kind of came up was when I stopped you know when I was questioning the previous coaches I actually skipped over this her when I was questioning my previous coaches, like the the pricing in my business came up and it was like, why do I offer this pricing? Like, what did I learn for the pricing? And I made a post like on my um, service account, um, on my main account um, about like the new like pricing that I would have that was less than what it previously was because like I was just taught from like multiple people to kind of like price intuitively, like pick a number and then just like, Every time I would pick a number, they're like, no, 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 you got to charge way more. You're not charging enough. And it's like, I, this came from somebody else to tell me to do that, you know, not me. And then I, part of this is like how to tell if you're doing something out of fear. I realized there was fear looped into my pricing strategy because I didn't have a structure to build upon, to use. And that's what I created was my own personal structure that is made up of things that I personally care about and I think are important. Um, I realized that some of the pricing was out of fear because I'm trying to make my business my full-time business. Well, I have for a year and a half done that. Um, And it's hard to create offerings and price things when you're like trying to make a certain amount of money and as an entrepreneur it feels more so that things aren't always um constant or consistent or promised to you right even though like I learned from my last job they could let you go at any time it doesn't matter nothing is stable (laughs) um but it's perceived right stability but anyways I realized like a lot of the pricing was out of fear it's like A lot of coaches are like, just price higher. You know, I see this pattern of like coaches working or practitioners working for a year doing a thing and then saying like, now that I've worked for a year, I'm going to raise my rates. And I think that there's like a difference between like a cost of living, you know, increase or like I've had experience increase and it feels more so motivated. Like I've struggled at this reasonable price rate or this price rate that's a little bit too low and i really just want to start making six figures already or over a hundred thousand dollars or whatever their like thing is the millionaire you know like that's what a lot of business coaches talk about um how to do it quickly and i think that it's this kind of like strategy of well then just charge more money because actually you're not charging more money because you've learned and gone through new training or have new certifications or it's a cost of living increase but You're just um, charging more money because you just want to make more money quickly. And I think that I realized there is some unethicalness in that. And for me, how to tell if you're doing something out of fear came up around this because it was like, maybe I should get a part-time job to help supplement some of my, like, just anxieties around, like, not having enough money, even though I've been doing this for a year and a half and I have had enough money to pay all my bills, it's not, like, to feel comfortable, right? So I I was like, well, maybe I'll get a part-time job just, you know, to have some extra money to help like pay for things and feel like I have extra money to spend. And then after I made that decision, I started to see like how many decisions in my business were made out of fear. Um and the pricing kind of like tied into that. Um and I was like, wait a minute, why am I pricing at this like Actually, I truly don't want to price it at this rate. I don't think that it's like ethical or reasonable or whatever. And I created my own system, but um, it helped me to like see like where I was working out of fear versus where I felt like aligned or where I felt like this is reasonable or ethical or whatever words you want to say. And so like the advice that kind of came through for that, where it's like, how do I tell if I'm doing something out of fear? I really love doing these thought experiments, I guess, with people where it's like, you know, my favorite one that people actually do a lot is like with the lottery. So in like the US, I don't know about outside of the US, but in the US, we have like a lottery, which is like people pay a couple of dollars and they get a lottery ticket with like random numbers on it, or you can pick the numbers and like each week um they draw like f- randomly from like this kind of like bingo style thing and if you have the matching numbers um you win the lottery of money like the free parking on monopoly like it's like mil 30, 33 million dollars 70 million dollars there's like more than one kind of lottery um and um and not every state participates in that in the u.s but um The lottery is kind of like a big American dream thing for people in the U.S. And so people are always talking about what would you do if you won the lottery, right? Like, what would you do if you didn't have to pay? Basically, you didn't have to work. You didn't have to pay for anything um, and worry about where the money is going to come from. You had like oodles and oodles of money, like more than you could ever need. Um, And so one question that I always liked that I feel like helps to answer if you're doing something out of fear is kind of like, so if you won the lottery what would you be doing with your life like would you would you still be charging this amount in your business would you still be offering this thing in your business would you still be living in the place where you're living would you still be married to that person would you still be dating that person would you you know still be dressing that way would you still be whatever right so that's like kind of like something that I like to do and I would offer for you to tell if you're doing something out of fear is to like understand where maybe the fear is or the shortcoming is um around the decision that you're making and like ask yourself like the opposite question so like if i'm just like man i gotta charge more money like in my business i'm not making enough money like if you know the reasoning for like charging more money is because you're not making enough money like keep exploring that like why do i feel like i'm not making enough money you know like Oh, because I'm worried that I won't be able to pay my bills, like oh, that's a fear, right That's where the fear is, so it's like now ask myself like if I didn't have this if I had all my bills paid for the month, like would I actually be offering this no, right, like and of course, it can be non money motivated that's just like my personal example. You can definitely you know see like, oh, is this obligation motivated like would I actually be dating this person if If my parents didn't exist, no, actually I'm doing this out of obligation because I think that my parents want me to date somebody from my same culture and marry somebody who is a doctor or something like that. Right. So there's, yeah, there's some options, like some wiggle room in there. Right. Like asking yourself questions. Like if I, if I won the lottery, if I won $30 million, what would I do? What would I be wanting to do? Um, how would I feel around that? Or you can ask yourself like the opposite. Like if this thing was paid for, then would I still be making this money decision this way? If this um, like obligation was removed, would I still be doing living my life the same way? So that's kind of like a way to tell if you're doing something out of fear is to like, whenever you're making a decision, think about the opposite, right? Like, do I want to buy this couch? And you're like, no, no, I can't really make a decision. And it's like, okay, if I didn't have to pay for this couch, somebody else bought it for me, would I get this couch? Oh, hell yeah. I love this couch. It's just really expensive. You know, like that's going to tell you if you're doing it out of fear or not, you know, like would I actually buy this dress if I was completely fit or whatever. Oh yeah, actually my fear is that I'm going to look ugly in it because I think that I'm fat or whatever. You know, like there's, there's different questions. It's about like, you know, asking the right questions when it comes to your decisions or your actions or motivations behind your actions that can help you to see like, is this actually out of fear? And this kind of goes with the last one like questioning everything periodically. Like I obviously didn't know that some of my pricing strategy was based out of fear because I was like very much so in it. And that's okay. And that can be like part of the struggle for people's like, how do I know if this is out of fear? So it's like, if you're questioning things periodically, then you're giving yourself space to really look at things objectively to say, actually, yeah, this might be coming from a fearful space. Um, number four. Oh, actually it's six things that I wrote. <laughs> Number, I'm going to check on the time though. Let's see. Okay. Um, Number four. This one I was reminded of in a client, in an inner child healing client session today. um, And also during, (laughs) in my real life. So this one is kind of like, you might feel like you're healed enough to get rid of that boundary that you set because you know we set boundaries to help with our healing to help uh, make ourselves feel safe um uh, for many other reasons and sometimes we feel like you know what i've moved past this thing enough that i don't think i need that boundary anymore and this was kind of like reiterated to me um like we kind of get comfortable with how things are with the boundary and so we think, actually, I don't need that boundary anymore, right? It's like if you if you take medication for depression and then you forget, this is like a hyperbole, and then you forget and then you're like, you know what, actually, I don't think I'm depressed anymore. And then you stop taking the medication, right? So it's like, no, the medication was helping you to feel not depressed. So that's not the case, right? So um this was kind of, uh, illustrated to me, um, with my relationship with my father. So we have a pretty like (laughs) traumatic colored past. And we have a very specific relationship that, um, I have created a lot of structure and taken my power back. And I kind of call the shots in the relationship because of the harm that I endured as a child. I didn't want to have a relationship with my father and he didn't really like that and he at one point was like please i'm surrendering my power to you like i'll do anything i just want to have a relationship with you and so it was for me at that point you know after going through healing and stuff because this was not like, like college that i was like you know what yeah i'm going to set certain boundaries and this is how a relationship is going to go because this is how i feel comfortable if you actually want to have a relationship with me these are the terms and i knew that because of the way that my dad was raised and who he is as a person I would never have that kind of like um, father-parent or father-kid relationship. And I was kind of too old for him to be able to do a lot of those things to establish that kind of relationship Um, anyways. And I knew it's only going to be a certain level, right, of depth. And I was okay with that. That was the boundary that I set. But I think now that we have a better relationship where I call him multiple times a week and we talk. I mean, we still talk about like specific things, right? There's still boundaries there. Um, I kind of let my guard down a little because I was like, oh, I'm really excited. He was coming to visit and I was like, yay, like I'm actually like okay with seeing you and I'm not having a really strong guard seeing you in person. And I didn't realize until after he left from that trip that my inner child got pretty hurt by some of the things that happened um by him just being himself he wasn't doing anything um mean or malicious there were no fights or things like that it was just some of his actions left like me feeling icky left me feeling bad and sad about myself like how i did as a kid based off of the actions that <laughs> that he had and it just reminded me that i have these boundaries for a reason i have these protections for a reason and i thought that everything was like, okay, that I was like at a good enough place in the relationship to like let my guard down a little, and it just reminded me of the reason why I had that boundary in the first place, and to remember like my first priority in the relationship is to protect myself and not to like entertain other people right and um, this kind of boundary like this thing with boundaries came up as well, like with my clients. In the inner child verse, like, we work together to help them to heal from trauma from their life, you know, more specifically in their childhood, but just in general, any, it's not only inner child stuff that comes up sometimes. And we, I help them, like, take their power back, feel validated, fully understand their emotions, and set boundaries and learn better coping mechanisms so that they can move through their adult life without these things affecting them consistently, right, especially with, like, other family members, and I I was reminded of this stuff with my dad prior to this session, and then in the session, you know, it, my guides were, like, make sure you say this to your client, like, it might feel good in the moment because we did the healing work on our own, like, without that person, without that situation, that environment, and so we're feeling good because we're not currently in the environment and we did work to heal to shift whatever you know came through what needed to be and now we're feeling good so maybe we're 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 past that we don't need that and a lot of people like operate that way and that's when we get into these like negative thought patterns um around like shame and guilt around like um I thought i was healed but i guess i'm not and you know like i thought everything was okay and i thought i would never have to deal with this again and that is kind of like this fallacy that healing is like a like a finite thing that once we're healed with it we're done and really the point of like healing is to expand your threshold of tolerance for things to learn new coping mechanisms to Um, expand your self-love and your self-acceptance and care and your ability to handle when these things come up. That's really what it's about, right? And so a lot of us, um, my guides were reminding me to say like, you know, if you're now, oh, I healed myself with that family member. And then you go to see that family member and you feel like you're put all the way back into square one. That's like a normal response from your body to, to say like, all these years I have operated on this you know, um, program, and this is familiar to me. So I'm just going to revert back to this program when I'm in the presence of this person. And so even though we heal in the safety of our healing containers, of our community, etc., cetera, we still need to be cognizant that the boundaries that we want to enact and create are for a reason because we're human and we're learning and it takes practice with that person, especially if they did like intense harm to you to uphold that boundary to uphold that new belief and not um slide back into um oh i'm not healed i thought i was healed it's like yeah you you're healing you're making progress but you were faced with something that you didn't have practice for you were faced with a tough you know thing that you didn't prepare for like going into it and that's kind of what happened for me usually i'll protect and prepare for it mentally and emotionally and i didn't right and then i got in my feels afterwards about it. I got a little uh, butt hurt. (laughs) Um, So that is kind of like something I just wanted to remind to y'all. Like if you are doing work and you feel like you are getting re-triggered or you're not doing it right, or there's no progress, it's a process, right? Your body is reacting with the thing that feels the best and safest and most familiar to it in the moment. And like, if you're doing something new, it's gonna take some time. And it's better to, like, prepare ahead of time for it than to be in it and be like, oh, dang it. Now I have to go back to the drawing board. And it's like, maybe not. Maybe you just need to practice more with what you wanted, that boundary you set. Um, I'm going to take a sip of water. <laughs> okay. Number five. <laughs> Um, number five is a hard one for me that I'm still trying to do, um, that self-care isn't always a comforting thing, especially if you grew up learning not so good coping mechanisms. So, you know, self-care, like, let's put the capitalistic self-care industry, like, in the box, like, face masks, buy a thing to pamper yourself. Pampering is, like, one facet of self-care, right? And I think that a lot of us view self-care or we're taught that self-care is something that is, like, comforting, something that, you know, lets us off easy, quote-unquote, like, things like, you know, um, not going out when you're not feeling good, um, staying in bed if, like, you have a headache or something or, like, eating the food that's a comfort food for you as opposed to like eating the quote-unquote healthy food. Um, you know, doing a face mask, taking a bath, like taking, you know, doing things for yourself, um, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all things that are like seen as like, I would say societally acceptable and mainstream for self-care. But I saw this thing, this post a while ago saying, you know, sometimes self-care is like doing the hard thing. It's not doing the thing that makes us feel good in the moment but it's the thing that like is setting us up for success or for deeper self-love or self-acceptance in in the long run, right? And I think as an American society um we're obsessed with things happening immediately and we want the easy way out, we want the easiest option. And so that can be very alluring for us. And for a lot of us, we have not even learned how to do those things to pamper ourselves, that it's okay to take rest, right? Those are all like productivity capitalism things. Um, but not a lot of people talk about that. Like sometimes self care is doing the thing that we don't want to do in the moment or that feels like, you know, dragging us to do. Um, and that, can be something that I'm learning, like, because I saw that and I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Like working out, maybe I'm tired, or maybe I'm like, I don't want to do this. But then afterwards, I feel really good. Right. that's like a common example that people use for this, um, working out or like, setting a boundaries, you know, ending a friendship, a breakup, those can be like things for self care that don't always feel easy in the moment you know going to bed early as opposed to staying up late and then being tired the next day like setting yourself up for success things that are like looking into the future and saying how can i support future me and you know with the things that i have access to with present me um but something that was kind of further illustrated as i'm like been diving into this uh work and belief is kind of like you know sometimes We can think something as self-care, but actually it's like our coping mechanisms masquerading as self-care. And that's what people view as, I guess, like self-sabotage a lot. Like they think like, I'm self-sabotaging myself. And really what I see it as is like, I learned a coping mechanism from my childhood that has served me pretty well, right? If I'm still alive now, it has served me Um, because my goal was to survive as a kid. (laughs) Um, And so this feels like the familiar thing, the easy thing, the habit to fall back on. And so that easy, oh, it's the easy way out. It's the comforting thing kind of feels like self-care, right? Because you're like, "Mm, that feels hard and I don't want to do the hard thing right now. So I'm going to do the self-care thing, right? That's kind of how we're taught self-care works. And when you pair that with Mm, that new change is weird for me. I'm going to stick with my old coping mechanism that has served me thus far in life um, or has worked 80% of the time so I can trust it. Um, Then we get into these weird like habits where we think that it's self-care, but it's actually just reinforcing a coping mechanism that is not the best for us. So my example for this... um, is I have this crazy, like, habit of staying up late for no fucking reason. Literally no reason. And I know, like, inner child me used to stay up late so that they could have some alone time and feel good in the household that they grew up in that they did not want to be in and did not feel safe in. Um, And to, like, do some things without being, like, consistently yelled at or the door open on them or just just have some like just existing and feeling normal time and so I feel like my inner child definitely wants to perpetuate this coping mechanism of oh I'm gonna stay up super late because I get to just be alone and do whatever and oh it's self-care to relax on the couch and watch tv really late or to play video games because it's nostalgic or whatever um or I like playing video games um When, like, I would argue, you know, maybe self-care is going to bed at a decent time so that you can wake up at a decent time and not feel groggy and not, like, be late for things and be able to tackle those things that you want to do that make you feel better in the morning, like stretching or working out or journaling, et cetera, whatever the morning routine is. So I kind of wanted to, like, iterate this point as a way to say, like, you know, there is a lot of, like shame and guilt around like the thoughts of self-sabotage and this like consistent why am I like this why can't I just go to bed at a reasonable time why do I need to stay up I'm not staying up to force myself to do a task to do something for work for school etc like why do I just find myself sitting here on the couch for hours at night and then I'm like sort of enjoying it but then I'm sort of like blaming myself at the same time and so you can't you're not like fully enjoying the experience anyways that would be quote-unquote self-care right because you're like guilt feeling guilty for it and so I just wanted to bring that up to kind of like give you that food for thought right of is this actually like a coping mechanism a trauma response an old program and I'm thinking that it's self-care because it just feels easier to do it versus like is this part of what i want to provide the experience i want to provide for myself is this part of like the rules that i set up for what what does self love or self acceptance look like and is that helping to perpetuate that or is it the opposite right and i think that that requires us to do some deeper thinking about what does self care actually mean to us like if i were to take care of myself what does that truly look like how do i set myself up for success what does that truly look like um so yeah and then number 6 is to give yourself the opportunity to check in and be truly honest with yourself. Um this kind of goes with the questioning everything um which I think might be a little bit harder for some people to do um but with this questioning of everything when I was looking at like my pricing in my business, I also looked at my offerings and what everything I was doing, right? Like how I talked in the beginning of the podcast episode, I'm going to be changing the Patreon yet again, right? Um, Because I was looking at all of the things that I was giving myself responsibility for and creating like necessity in my life. I need to do this. I need to create that experience. Oh, I should do this. Oh, that, that. And I was, I literally sat down and I was like, let's be honest with yourself. Be brutally, truly honest. Then I wrote down the things, all the things that I was doing or wanted to do. And I wrote like, do you actually, and I asked myself, do you actually truly want to do this? Like, is this something that actually brings you joy? Is this something that you're actually excited to do? Is maybe it's something that you just have, you know, I don't actually truly want to pay rent, but I have to, Right. There's obviously some um some exceptions, but even in asking yourself that like that can still provide answers for what is important to you and what isn't important to you, right, even if you're forced to do it, it's maybe over time you can change it, right like I don't actually want to pay rent, so maybe I will seek a sugar daddy over time. I'm just kidding um but yeah, I think that giving yourselves giving yourself time and space to be brutally honest about what it is that you're doing in your life and if you actually want to do it like deep down even if you don't tell anybody or change anything that was really really hard for me to do because it required me to look at the facts of like "Mm, actually no I'm just doing this out of fear Mm, actually no I'm just doing this out of obligation because I everybody else is doing it so I think that I should right and it really freed up a lot for me to to answer those questions that I felt like I was just avoiding these tasks. I was procrastinating, prolonging them. Like if that's, that's like a good sign for you, right? Like if you're avoiding the task, if you're, every time you sit down to do the task, you start doing something else. Um, instead, um, you're always like saying, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I keep forgetting to do this. And then like you put it off, put it off, you procrastinate till the last minute. Like, that can be kind of like a feedback loop for you. Like, actually, no, I don't want to do this. This isn't something that I care about. And this can be, like, tasks or it can also be programs, right? Like, I help my clients, you know, defining, like, what is actually important to them. Did somebody else teach them this and they're just perpetuating it or do they actually want to give precedence and like power to this thing? Like earlier I was talking about that capitalistic belief that I should turn everything into a business idea because it could potentially make me money. And it's like, actually, I don't want to buy into that. Like I don't want everything to be a potential like business idea, some things I want for myself. And so like that can be like part of like, the programming that you can look at like if it's like i should do this why am i not like this why you know why am i the way that i am about this thing like oh i'm doing this thing again i don't like it you know like oh my god i have to do this task and i never want to do it or like you're just feeling like actual resistance in your body around it this can be a opportunity to check in if it's like truly what you want to do. And I think this would be great to pair with like the self-care thing, right? Because sometimes I don't want to do the thing. But then if I ask myself, is this something I truly want to do? Yeah, actually, I do want to work out more often so that I can feel like less lethargic and I can feel like more tired at the end of the night. And like as an Aries moon, I like to move my body and just like connect with my body and move the energy through my body more. So it's like, yeah, actually, I do want to do it. But right now I'm just having a lot of resistance to like showing up for myself. And like that may be the truly brutally honest thing as opposed to like, I guess I don't want to work out. So I'm just going to do self care and like not work out and like have a rest day, even though I've never worked out for the, you know, X amount of days. And it's like all of them were rest days. Like that can be like the truly honest thing or like I keep buying these solid kits and I'm never eating them and I end up throwing them away. Let, you know, like, how about instead of trying to be healthy, let me be brutally honest with myself. Why do I keep buying these? Oh, I think I should be healthy. Do I actually like these? Do I actually want to eat these? No, no, I don't. So I'm just not going to buy them. And I'll buy other foods that maybe are so partially healthy or some kind of whatever vegetables. Uh, and like, be honest, like, I don't like eating vegetables. Like, this is clearly, okay, I just want to say on record, I like eating vegetables. I'm just using this as an example. I did used to buy a lot of salad things. I don't like eating salad for everything. I do like eating vegetables. But it's like being, that's how I was honest with myself. Like, what vegetable do you want to eat then? I w- I love broccoli. I freaking love broccoli. I would eat broccoli every meal if I could. Okay, so eat that, you know, or like you can buy those like green supplements or things like that. Like, actually, no, I don't like eating vegetables. I'll buy the powder thing put it in my drink and drink it so I can get some nutrients. Right. Um, so like just doing things like that, like the more you're honest with yourself and, and why certain things are panning out for you, the more you can, all of this kind of ties together. Right. Like I feel like all of my lessons are like tying together, obviously. Right. For there, for me. um, But the more you can be brutally honest, the more you can find out like, is this, what is the motivating thing for this? Is this a program? Like, is this a boundary I need to create? Like all these answers will become easier. Um, And it's hard to be, like I said, it was hard for me to be brutally honest because there was a lot of stuff tied into it, right? Like if I am brutally honest, I don't want to offer this, but now I'm scared that I won't make money, you know? Like, so that helps to reveal these underlying things. And it can free you by actually admitting it or, or writing it down or saying it. Um, because then you, you can create something that you do want to do that could make you money instead of forcing yourself to do something that, because you think it will make you money, but nobody's buying it anyway. So who are you fooling, right? Yourself. <laughs> um, and I mean me, I'm talking about me. <laughs> I did that. Um, so yeah, like, hopefully um look at that 57 minutes freaking amazing um hopefully all of these things tied together make sense and provide insights and can help you in some type of way in your life and hopefully you survived mercury retrograde learning things as opposed to just feeling like you were getting your ass handed to you left and right um having some good meaty pieces to walk away with for moving forward, like how I, um, and convincing myself that I did because I'm sharing it with you all. That helps with my accountability. Um, (laughs) and I'm really excited for the new questions. So don't forget, there's going to be new opportunities, new ways to support me financially for this. Um... There won't be the boxes after this moving forward, except for Emma, who's the real real and will probably, I don't mind making them a box forever and ever and ever because I did make merch and it is on in the link in bio and it'll be in the show notes. And then number three, there will be a link in the bio and in the show notes for the submissions of topics of possible guests of questions that you would like me to answer at the end of the solo episodes and it was really i just want to say it's really hard not to look at myself when i'm recording um so hopefully i'm just not like hey i'm speaking to me the whole time (laughs) until next time everyone goodbye Thank you for listening to Witchy and Weird Pod. If you want to stay up to date on all the latest and greatest, follow us on the socials under Witchy and Weird Pod. And if you want to stay in contact with our host, Amanda, follow them on IG under Amanda Sakhartoff Intuitive and Twitter and TikTok under Amanda Sakhartoff. And if you love Witchy and Weird Pod and want to support all that we do, become a patron and get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on merch, bonus content, and woo woo experiences. As usual, everything is linked in the show notes. Bye!